fleeing for his life from Queen Jezebel, Elijah is led by God to a mountaintop. There, God is revealed to the prophet, not through spectacular events, but through a whisper. A reading from the first book of the Kings. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fed for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him and said, Get up and eat. Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that forty food, 40 days and 40 nights, to Horeb, the Mount of God. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake, and after the earthquake a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword. I am alone, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Please stand as you're able and sing with us Psalm 43 found on page four of your service leaflet.
while the enemy oppresses me. Send out your light and your truth that they may lead me and bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling that I may go to the altar of God to the God of my joy and gladness and on the harp I will give thanks to you O God my God why are you so full of heaviness O my soul and why are you so disquieted within Put your trust in God, for I will yet give thanks to In our second reading this morning, Paul asserts that the law was a necessity only until Christ came. Now the new covenant established by Jesus makes all believers one in the Lord. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Galatians. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have closed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As Jesus stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had no, worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tomb. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demons into the wild. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside a large herd of swine was feeding. And the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the sweet, steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then the people came out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, 
sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with Jesus, but Jesus sent him, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So the man went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Christ. Christ. Please be seated. I'd like to ask our children who would come forward. Very young children, come with your parents. Younger children, you can come up by yourself. Older children, like me, come join us. Come right ahead. Thank you. What do I have here, guys? Salt and pepper shaker. The white's going to represent the bad and not so good because too much salt makes your blood pressure go up. Deborah and Louie have told us she has to say to the people over there, too much salt, no more salt, no more salt. The darker pepper is going to represent the good because a lot of pepper won't hurt us like a lot of salt. Now, I'm going to put a little bit of each in your in, in a hand. Don't eat it. No, you will give me some both. Don't put it in your mouth, just hold it in your hand. When you get through, you can... I'll tell you what to do when we get through, but don't get through right now. Every one of you has some salt and pepper? Okay, now I want you to take a finger and see if you can divide the salt and the pepper out. Separate the salt from the pepper. Can't do it. If you had a microscope that would microscope that would uh, enlarge things a thousand times or ten thousand times, you might be able to to do it. But with your own eyes and your own fingers, it's just impossible to do, right? You got to have the 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 good and the bad all mixed up. Well, my point in this is that there's good and there's bad in the world, and it's all mixed up. It's been that way almost since the very beginnings. And if we try to separate the good and the bad in the world, the wrong and the right, we might mess things up even worse and keep some of the bad and let go some of the good. So as with this salt and pepper in your hand that you can't divide, we can't divide up the good and the bad in the world. Put one over here and one over here. Who can divide it up? God divides it up. Can. And sometimes works through the bad to bring about greater good. But in last things, at last time, he'll put all the good in one place and all the bad in another place. Do away with what is not so good. That's God's work. And we just sort of have to let things go and accept the good and the bad together. Let God work through it to bring about 
greater good and when it's God's time God will separate the bad from the good and do away with the bad so that's all I have to say on this order you can take your salt and you can pepper so like that the vacuum will clean it up this next week thank you all thank you all you big kids out here, they came up. You can too. Jesus heals a man possessed by a legion of demons. The man in his right mind, clothed, sits at the feet of Jesus, begs that he might go with Jesus. Jesus says, no, but return to your home and declare what good news God has done for you. This man dispossessed of demons becomes the first evangelist. One of the first to tell the good news. But he doesn't tell how much God has done for him. He tells how much Jesus has done for him. The gospel writer is giving us a clue as to whom Jesus really is. Early in the young childhood narratives in Luke's gospel, the writer of that gospel has Simeon refer to Jesus as the salvation of God. And so he is. When Jesus works, it's God at work. When Jesus speaks, it's God who speaks. The dispossessed man did exactly right in proclaiming what Jesus had done for him and did not in any way violate the commandment, go and tell what God has done for you. That's why you and I are here in this community of faith together. That's our whole purpose in being part of this community of faith that we call Advent Episcopal Church. To go and tell what good things God in His Christ Jesus has done for us. That's why we think of our favorite stories of Jesus. Yes, I'm getting back to that old theme we've talked about for several weeks now, a couple of months. Our favorite story may change from time to time based on our changing needs. In one time, we may need to remember and hear again Jesus' stories of forgiveness. Forgiveness which overcomes dis-ease disease, forgiveness which moves us beyond, through and beyond brokenness that we call sin. In another time we may need to remember and hear the Jesus story of a centurion's confidence in Jesus, confidence to heal his sick servant by the authority of his word. The centurion knew what authority was about and said to Jesus, Oh, don't come with me, I'm not worthy. Just speak your word. My servant shall be made well. In other times of great need, we may need to hear again Jesus speaking to Mary and Martha about resurrection and life now. In Jesus, the sting of death and death, death itself has no power over us. 
or our children sick. We might want to pray words in his name. Little girl, I say to you, rise up. Are we burdened by a multitude of wrong choices? We may need to imagine Jesus saying to us what he said to another whose sins were great. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Go and be freed from the power of sin. Your brokenness. Do the ravages of present day storms in your life threaten to undo you? Perhaps we need to pray. Jesus, speak your calming storm words. Peace, be still. Several months ago, when we started talking about Jesus' story, stories, I asked the children and adults in Advent Live one Sunday to write down their stories, their favorite story. This is what some of them shared from an adult. Jesus on his cross gives his mother to a disciple whom he loves. To me, this speaks of the importance that Mary had to Jesus and the special relationship he intends for his disciples and followers to have with her. As siblings of Jesus, Mary is our mother as well. From a child. My favorite stories of Jesus multiplying the fish and the bread because he was able to turn nothing into something. From a child. My favorite story is a fish because I like fish. The gospel for that day was Jesus providing a breakfast of fish and bread to his disciples on a charcoal fire at a seashore. From another child, bread and fish for 5,000. It's a wonder how he fed all those people. Yes, it is a wonder. From a child, Christmas, Jesus is born. From a child, Easter, he died and came back. From a child, he died and rose again. That's my favorite because it's one of the first stories I heard. From an adult, the Beatitudes, because they tell how everyone is blessed and welcome in his eyes. From an adult, the stories in Luke where Jesus forgives and heals people regardless of what they did, regardless of their social status. He healed and forgave based upon their confidence in Him, their faith. In all of this, I'm reminded of an old hymn, or part of the text of an old hymn. I love to tell the story. How many of you have heard that hymn before? Several of you. 
One verse and refrain speaks of what I've been trying to say this morning. I'd love to tell the story of how the people came to see him feed the hungry, to see him cure the lame. For Jesus shows compassion to those in storm and strife and offers all his children his gift, eternal life. I love to tell the story will be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Dear ones, I hope that we've come to somehow realize in whatever way that we can that Jesus' stories shape and inform our faith our confidence in Him, our confidence in God. Jesus was faithful to the utmost degree. And our faith is our confidence in Him because of His faithfulness. He does all things in us and through us. He does more than we can begin to ask or imagine. His words to the man, Legion, are his words to us. Go and proclaim all that God has done for you. And as we do, we will go and proclaim as well all that Jesus has done for us, in us, and through us.